In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our On this Feast of the Annunciation, we celebrate the conception of the uncreated God in the flesh, in the virgin's womb. We celebrate the joining of the uncreated, pure, simple essence with created flesh. St. John says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this happened at the conception. The Annunciation is Gabriel announcing to Mary that she will give birth to God in the flesh, to Emmanuel, God with us. This is the feast in which God sanctifies the virgin's womb. He sanctifies childbirth. He sanctifies all of life by living through it. St. Gregory the theologian says, he's got this beautiful line in one of his orations, he said, our Lord sanctified sleep by sleeping. He, he wept, so what is it? Let me rephrase. He slept so that he could sanctify sleeping. He wept so that he could sanctify weeping. He sanctified every part of our human life, giving us a chance to make it holy. And he sanctified the nine months in the womb before a child is born. The Orthodox Church has always believed that life begins at the moment of conception. And this feast is our pro-life feast. This morning I received a letter not just me personally, but all the clergy, we received a letter from Metropolitan Joseph. And it's a statement that he signed with three other bishops in the Assembly of Bishops, um, refuting comments made by a prominent Orthodox bishop in January at the March for Life in Washington. This other Orthodox hierarch basically hinted that it is okay to support abortion sometimes, maybe more than we like to think. And our bishop today on this feast of the Annunciation is coming out and saying, no, that is not okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read his letter to you. And um, I sent this out earlier today. There's a prayer, a pro-life prayer, that goes along with it. I'll let you read that on your own. But I want to read his letter to you because it's very important that we as Orthodox Christians understand the importance and uh, sanctity of life. That it is, a, it is not a right, it is a gift from God. But it is also important for us to understand that if we are going to take such a strong pro-life stance, we need to wrap our arms around those who are in the midst of the battle, who are struggling with difficult choices, with sins and consequences that they are entangled in. We have to wrap our arms around the mothers. 
and the young parents who are struggling to figure out how in the world they're going to support a baby. So, without further ado, here is Metropolitan Joseph's statement. He says, The Orthodox Church has consistently and unequivocally recognized the full humanity of every person beginning at the moment of conception. This position is informed by scripture and holy tradition and is validated by modern science, which confirms that a new distinct human organism comes into existence at conception. The Orthodox Church is and always has been unabashedly pro-life regarding abortion as the killing of another human being. In recent weeks, this position has been called into question and consequently we Orthodox presiding hierarchs representing several canonical jurisdictions in the United States of America are compelled to proclaim the only true and correct teaching of the church on this matter. We reiterate the words of the Lord's teaching through the twelve apostles to the nations which is known as the Didache, which dates to the earliest generations of the church. Quote, do not murder a child by abortion or kill a newborn infant, end quote. The Orthodox Church strives to stand above politics, yet the Church also stands for order against the forces of chaos and lawlessness. All civilized societies prohibit the intentional taking of the life of one human being by another human being, except under extreme and unusual circumstances. The United States of America is certainly no exception. In every state, intentional homicide is outlawed, yet our laws are inconsistent, banning the killing of some humans but not others. There is no basis in either law or science, and certainly not in morality or religion to draw a distinction between a human who is in the womb and a human who is outside of it. Thus, the Orthodox Church calls upon the civil authorities, not only in the United States but globally and especially in traditionally Orthodox lands, to treat all humans equally under the law and thus to forbid the evil practice of abortion. It is true that the Most Holy Theotokos gave her consent to the incarnation of the uncreated Word of God. The Lord did not impose Himself on humanity but took on our nature with the permission of us humans, represented by the greatest of us, the Virgin Mary. Once this consent was given, the incarnation took place. The Word became flesh at that moment. When she said, let it be done to me, that's when the conception happened. The Orthodox Church embraces this paradox of the Incarnation, of the uncreated becoming one of His creatures. Yet, while paradoxes of this kind are essential to our faith, so too is clarity. The clarity that the newly conceived human, including the Lord Himself at the moment of His conception, is a full human. Here then, here then, the consent of the Theotokos ends and her duties as a mother begin. Once she conceived the Lord, she had the sacred responsibility of nurturing and caring for Him, which she fulfilled perfectly. This same Lord, who became incarnate of the Virgin Mary on the face of the Annunciation, loves every human being He creates from the moment of their conception. He loves their mothers along with their fathers who suffer and sacrifice for their children. The Church and indeed all of humanity has a duty to care for and support these children and their mothers. No less equally, 
The Lord also loves the mothers who, victims of deceitful pressures from this world, make the tragic choice to have their children killed. For these mothers, the church offers forgiveness, compassion, and healing through repentance and reconciliation both to God and to their lost children. The Lord loves those fathers and other men who, failing in their duty to provide and protect, instead pressure and even force mothers to have their children killed. The Lord loves those physicians and other practitioners who themselves, victims of deceit, have allowed themselves to become instruments of evil and the murder of innocent children. Finally, let us all implore the same Lord, who desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, that his all-encompassing love and mercy will enfold all who are affected by the tragedy of abortion and bring healing to our land. It's a very beautiful letter. It's a very strong statement. So let me summarize very quickly. As soon as a baby is conceived... The freedom of choice to have the baby is gone. People take on, the parents take on a sacred responsibility. It is our job in the church to ensure that they have the love and support they need to carry out that sacred responsibility. And it is our job in the church to ensure that anybody who desires to repent of these sins has a place to do it with love and compassion. Because none of us are sinless. And none of us has the right to cast stones at anybody else. We can say this sin is wrong while still trying to embrace the sinner and lead them back to God with love and kindness and compassion. Hubris and arrogance and condescending finger-wagging will get us nowhere. We have to love those who are broken and wounded. We have to love those who have sinned because we sin. And we have to make ourselves instruments of grace as Mary did so that the Holy Spirit can come upon us and so that we can be instruments of salvation for all whom we encounter. That we may all praise and bless and glorify and love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Yes. Yes.